Welcome to the Fear and Greed Daily Interview. I'm Sean Aylmer. When you think of companies known for innovation, it's hard to go past Dyson. And it's even more impressive when you consider that it all started with one person, James Dyson, who was sick of his vacuum clogging with dust. Fast forward 45 years and Dyson now has more than a thousand engineers worldwide, machines sold in over 65 countries. It's an incredible success story and shows the power of invention and how that can become a brand. Kelly Morgan is the National Sales Capability Manager at Dyson, which is a supporter of this podcast. Kelly, welcome to Fear and Greed. Thank you. Thanks for having me. That is a true story, isn't it, that James Dyson just decided to invent a better vacuum cleaner? Well, I always think there's a flaw, Sean, in a man vacuuming. I, I know that can be quite <laughs> controversial because the vacuuming by a male in my house doesn't happen too often. But um, I know I've had a lot of females come to me now to tell me thank you to Mr. Dyson for inventing such an intriguing vacuum cleaner because now my husband, all he wants to do is vacuum. So, um, <laughs> Saving marriages, James Dyson saving <laughs> marriages. I like that. But the, the actual, the original is in, is in the Museum of Modern Art in New York, isn't it? That's correct. Um, there's still a few around. Um, there's one in the Victorian Albert Museum in London. We have one at our head office in Malmesbury in the UK. I think now we've got a second head office in Singapore. There's one in there, but they're few and far between now to see. But yeah, the DCO one, such an intriguing invention, as you say, came around with James's real inquisitive engineering thought process of why is this expensive vacuum cleaner not picking things up from the floor? So led to then him thinking of a concept that would work of how could dust be separated, a bag clogged up with the tiny pores with all the dust and debris that was coming up. And it was actually a sawmill that he used to drive past every day when he was going from work and looked at it and said that spins out sawdust at a high centrifugal force, so spinning the air round and round very quickly, and it takes all of the large debris down to the bottom of this cyclone, and the clean air goes up through the top. So he went home, he took apart his vacuum cleaner, he got the sticky tape out, he got some toilet rolls, and he started to put this concept together of removing the bag and having something that would in a cyclonic motion, separate this dust and dirt. Lo and behold, actually, the first prototype was bingo. Wow. It was it worked. Dyson has really always been about engineering and innovation. Like right from day one, yeah. any time that I look for Dyson products, inevitably you buy them because they're a step in front of a competitor or at least advertised as a step in front of a competitor. Oh, we always, we're, we're thinking of things before people know they need it. So who would have thought you needed a cordless uh, vacuum cleaner? Who would have thought where, you know, Michael told us previously that, you know, he was vacuuming with something that he plugged into the wall and that yeah. was fine. But now everyone needs or wants a cord free so they could just go and clean the variety of areas within the house. So and we've known people to take it outside of the house. We've got people who've bought cord free machines specifically for their boats to go camping, to just clean out their car. This is how we change people's way of cleaning. Okay, I want to kind of get on to uh, that in a moment, but just a few things. So James Dyson, we talked about him. He's still involved in the company. That's a question. 
He is, absolutely. Yeah, he still goes to work every day. We actually have a CEO who looks after the business side. James, is his title is chief engineer. Right. So he really is at the heart of engineering, questioning, what could we do differently here? How does this work? Could it work better? And so he's really there feeding the engineering side. And we've just had the first set of graduates leave the Dyson University where James Dyson's foundation actually pays for the students to do their four-year engineering degree. They do some practical hands-on with all of our Dyson engineers, but then they also take a couple of days out to study so that they can then go on to take the exam in engineering and be qualified. Some stay on with Dyson, others then go on and continue their engineering journey with other companies, which is fine. Stay with me, Kelly. We'll be back in a minute. My guest this morning is Kelly Morgan from Dyson. Okay, so Dyson, the company itself, you've been with them for 20 years or so. How has it changed? But more importantly, how is it changing now? Because it certainly isn't immune to the rest of the world and what's going on around it. And I really want to get into air filtering and things like that eventually. But just tell us a little bit about what's changed since you've started, but where it's going now as well. Yeah, so the trajectory was when when I first started 20 years ago, we just talked about vacuum cleaners. Since then, we've gone into various categories. God, that must have been a fun place to work. (laughs) Oh, it really was. And at the time when, when I was in the UK, the facility for making the machines was there in the UK. Obviously, as we've grown as a business, we've Our manufacturing has gone over to Asia, but it started out very much in the UK. And I saw DCO1s being put together and went on a production line. And James was there to go and see everything, see how everything was being made. Could, again, anything change, do differently, be more efficient. So that was kind of the roots of where we were. And we still have that campus. But now we've grown into various countries, territories. You know, we we are sold in a good proportion of countries across the world. And we're still solving problems that people didn't know they had. A hairdryer didn't need to have a massive hole in it. Yes, it did, because we moved a motor that was heavy, big power consumption. We put it in the handle to make it much more ergonomic and quicker to dry hair. And people now, you know, can't live without their Dyson Supersonic. So it's, again, just really thinking about what we've got currently and how we can change it. So beauty came five years ago. Our latest innovation, if you've seen, is the Dyson Zone. So this is where we're taking personal purification. So it has like a mask around the mouth area to take in all of the dirty air but it also has headphones. So there's a sound, you'll be able to listen to your music, listen to this podcast in Australia and have clean air whilst we're walking. Again, who would have thought we would have needed that? But, you know, a pandemic has told us that more people are now conscious of what they're breathing in. So that's how we've moved along in 20 years from, I started with one category. We're now in four categories and expanding into many more to come in the next five to 10 years. So Kelly, just tell me how bad is the air we breathe, particularly indoors, which is where I get more worried? Yeah, I think, you know, breathing is one of those things that we just take for granted. We don't really think about what's going in and out. And an average adult can breathe in over 10,000 litres of air a day. 
And when we've done some research, we know that we're spending a significant proportion of our time indoors and we forget about that there's the pollutants every day. So this could be things like bacterias, but then from our furniture, we've got formaldehyde. It could be things from cooking. So we're just not aware of what we've got inside. We tend to think of pollution outside. And after a significant, you know, we had the bush fires, we've had the rain and we've seen the mold and all of that now is is heightened people's senses of actually outside is quite polluted, forgetting mm. that if we close the door and we go inside, well, then we're okay, aren't we? <laughs> So that's where, yeah, we really started to think about what's what do we need to help the indoor environment? And, and that's where the engineers started to look at purification is that the Dyson purifier will be able to sense. So we've got sensors that when anything is activating, it knows when it's in an auto mode to switch on and therefore it'll start to purify a room. And that can, as I say, be something really as small as you're cooking something or you've got flowers. Most people now throughout the pandemic went and got a dog. Research tells us most people bought a dog throughout the pandemic. And, you know, they come in from a nice walk outside and bring a bit of pollen and some other bacterias in, shake it all out and we breathe it in. (laughs) So we need a device that will be able to take all of that away. So, so where is Dyson going? I mean, innovation is at the heart of everything you do. What is beyond the air we breathe effectively? Oh, Sean, I don't think I could tell you those secrets. Mm. Come, on. <laughs> Come on. There was some, I mean, the, the big one that everybody saw that we were going into a direction was with the car. And unfortunately, that just didn't come to anything. There is a car actually in our Singapore office on display as the, the one and only Dyson car that never was. Of course, we're always looking at how things can be improved. And we've got a plan for the next five years that we will definitely be in new categories that Dyson are not currently in, but we'll also expand in the categories that we are in. So I can only say watch this space, Sean, but uh, make sure you've got space in your home for all these extra products. I will. The other thing I'm just interested in with Dyson is the brand itself. Now, I told you an anecdote off air just about how my sister always used Dyson vacuum cleaners, which I didn't think <laughs> anything of until I tried it and suddenly think, oh, okay, now I get it. The whole Dyson brand thing, it really has a life of its own. It must be incredibly important to protect that reputation. For sure. And where we have control, we have everything in-house James, you know, we have all of our own employed customer service. It's not out to a third party. They all work for Dyson. All our content is all created in-house. So we can keep a hold on what our brand is. And, you know, we have significant brand guidelines that we all have to learn and understand what it means to work for Dyson. Everyone really takes to heart, you know, if somebody tells me they had a bad experience with their Dyson, you know, they they may as well, you know, be standing on my foot or something because it really hurts. You know, I take it in that you're right, people do have an opinion and sometimes it can be mixed, you know, it's a a Marmite or a Vegemite kind of experience. They love all haters as a brand, but there's a lot that do love us and we appreciate their love for the brand. Kelly, thank you very much for talking to Fear and Greed. Thanks for having me, Sean. 
That was Kelly Morgan, National Sales Capability Manager at Dyson. This is a Fear and Greed Daily interview. Join us every morning for the full episode of Fear and Greed, Australia's most popular business podcast. I'm Sean Elmer. Enjoy your day.